Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 17. Here's Pastor Ryan. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you will, to 2 Chronicles chapter 17. That's 2 Chronicles chapter 17, and give me an amen once you are there. And so, Father, we thank you again this evening for your goodness and your kindness towards us, Lord, that you sent your Son Jesus into the world to die on the cross for our sins, and on the third day, you raised him from the grave, and he's at your right hand, even now, praying for us. We pray in Jesus' name that you would have your way in our hearts as we study. Holy Spirit, come upon us, baptize us, so that we can be sensitive to your leading, your teaching. May you lead us into your truths, and may it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray, and together we say, Amen. All right, so in 2 Chronicles chapter 17, as you know, uh, King Asa has just uh, passed away, and we were studying King Asa. He reigned for 41 years in Judah, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord for most of his life until the end of his life when he didn't do right in the eyes of the Lord. He lost confidence in God and um, put his trust in man rather than God for the victories uh, in the battle. And he also, in the last couple of years of his life, he was diseased in his foot and sought the physicians. And it was very agonizing and painful for him, but yet he would not seek God. And so it wasn't that the physicians were, were bad in themselves, but it's the fact that he never considered to seek the Lord for his health and, and for his healing. And so the lesson of uh, Asa's life is clear that the Lord is with us as long as we are with him. If we seek him, he will be found by us. But if we forsake him, he will forsake us. And that's the truth about Christianity. It's not a religion. It's faith. It's a relationship with the Lord. And he calls all all men and women, young and old, to put their trust, their faith in Jesus Christ, to repent of their sins and to give themselves to him. That's the only way of salvation. So if we honor the Lord by putting our trust in his son, we shall be saved. We shall be blessed. And so it continues in verse one. And then Jehoshaphat, his son reigned in his place and strengthened himself against Israel. And he placed troops in all the fortified cities of Judah and set garrisons in the land of Judah and in the cities of Ephraim, which Asa his father had taken. Now the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the former ways of his father David, that's King David. He did not seek the Baals, which is, uh, pagan idols, but sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments and not according to the acts of Israel, that's the northern kingdom, 
Israel's divided into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. And that's what it's referring to, that he sought the God of his father and walked in his commandments and not according to the acts of Israel. That's the northern kingdom. Therefore, the Lord established uh, the kingdom in his hand and all Judah gave presents to Jehoshaphat and he had riches and honor in abundance. And his heart took delight in the ways of the Lord. And moreover, he removed the high places and the wooden images from Judah. And so here we have uh, just a, a beautiful uh, first uh, six verses of a king who decided to do right in the eyes of the Lord. And he, he loved God. And Jeho Jehoshaphat uh, is looked upon as a good king in the Bible, although he made some poor decisions as well. But generally, his heart was given to the Lord, and we're told that he walked in the ways of his father, King David, not speaking of his direct father, Esau, who was primarily a good king until the end, but speaking of King David, who is who was a man after God's own heart, through which his lineage, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, would one day be born. And so this Jehoshaphat is following in the footsteps of King David. And that's what the Bible and Chronicles is showing us through the kings. It's the lineage that will lead to the birth one day of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Amen? Amen. But uh, Jehoshaphat was, was a good king. And it says here that he strengthened uh, himself. He strengthened himself uh, against Israel by placing troops and garrisons all throughout the land of Judah, his land, and Ephraim. And so garrisons are more permanent type military posts. So he strengthened himself, himself in a physical way. He, he made sure there's troops where they need to be, garrisons where they need to be, and his kingdom that God is blessing is set up physically prepared to defend themselves against the enemies of the northern kingdom. Jehoshaphat took care of, of Judah's needs uh, physically. It is a good thing to strengthen ourselves in the physical things of our lives. As Jehoshaphat strengthened himself with troops and garrisons, it is good for us to strengthen ourselves physically as well. To strengthen ourselves physically, but in the Lord. Each of us who, or most of us work for a living in order to provide bread for ourselves, for strength, for us and our family, to provide clothing and shelter and security if needed, alarms in our homes, all the things that we need. It's good for us to work for those things in order to take care of our physical needs. Amen? We spend a lot of time taking care of the physical needs of our life. What are we going to have for dinner tonight? What are we going to have for breakfast tomorrow? What are we going to wear? What are we going to uh, be doing at school? What are we going to be doing at work? All the physical aspects of life are so important to God. The physical aspects for this nation we're reading about are, are important to God. 
But what's more important is that Jehoshaphat prepared himself spiritually. What good are the garrisons and the troops that he set up to defend his country if his heart wasn't prepared spiritually before the Lord? All of us here in this room, like I said, we spend a lot of time and effort, energy and thought on how we're going to take care of our stuff, of our lives, of the things that we need, the things that we desire. Those are real needs. Those are good needs. And, and God cares about those things. But first, what's most important is that our spiritual state with God is where it needs to be. We can put up troops garrisons, armies of defenses. We can collect all the money in the world and place it in the bank. We can, we can transfer our money into gold even, as so many are doing today, for safety's sake, they say. But nothing can make us safer or more prepared in life than taking care of ourselves spiritually. Our spiritual preparation, as was the case here for Jehoshaphat, it says that he walked in the former ways of his father, David. It says that he took down the pagan uh, altars and removed them from the high hills, the altars that were up there. And it said that he delighted in all the Lord's ways. And that's, that is why God established him. And that is why God blessed him. And it's the same for us. Are the physical things the priority in our lives? To take care of our lives physically? to take care of ourselves relationally, like, you know, how our spouses are and how our relationship with our spouses or if we're single or if we're courting or whatever the case may be, is it relationships that we desire to have, uh, you know, work out well? Or is it our relationship with the Lord that we seek to make well first? Jesus would say in Luke chapter 12, verse 22, to the disciples and speaking about the physical needs and telling them that their treasure needs to be in the things of heaven. He says in Luke 12, verse 22, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Life is more than food and the body is more, is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Amen. Got it. But anyways, that's what he said. He said basically that, the, that there's more to life than just the physical. There's more to life than just clothing and food. And then he would go on to exhort the disciples that what, what is more important than, than any physical thing that we might need is that we seek the Lord first that we seek his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these other things shall be added to you. And that's the key. That's the key to Jehoshaphat. He put the defenses up, but his defenses are nothing unless he seeks the Lord to walk in his ways. And so I ask you, are you preparing your heart every single day in the Lord? Is the Lord the most important thing and the first thing that you seek over everything? Or is it the physical things that you live for or seek first? In Psalm 127, verse 1, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays in vain. And so the Bible promises, it says, it warns, 
that unless the Lord is the builder of the house, so it's not the lumber, it's not the nails, it's not the, the shingles, it's not the roof, it's not the flooring that makes a house or builds the house. Is, is the family in that house putting God first above everything? If so, then the Lord truly is the builder of that house. And it's not the guard who, who, who guards the city that is the one truly guarding it, or, or it's the Lord if the city and the guard are given to the Lord. And so that's what God is wanting us to do, is to put him first in order for uh, the house to be built right, for the city to be guarded right. And then in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, the bodily for bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things. And so these physical things are good, but the spiritual are better. This morning, I was, I had a sweet devotion with my wife. We, we read the word and we prayed for our children. And uh, we read a, a devotion that spoke to this very thing. And it was a devotion by a, an old Puritan preacher in the 1600s in America. He was a New England preacher named Cotton Mather. And he was speaking to parents concerning, you know, it's not about your children's physical needs. It's about their spiritual needs. And it was a great exhortation. It was pretty heavy. And I thought I'd read it to you. He says, parents, if you do not first become pious yourselves, you will do nothing to purpose to make your children so. Except you yourselves walk in the way of the Lord, you will careless about bringing your children to such a walk. Know you not that your children have precious and immortal souls within them? They are not all flesh, he says. You that are the parents of their flesh must know that your children have spirits also. Where you are told in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 9, that God is the father of them. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 7, that God is the giver of them. The souls of your children must survive their bodies and are transcendently better and higher and nobler things than their bodies. Are you solicitous that their bodies may be fed? You should be more solicitous that their souls may not be starved or go without the bread of life. Are you solicitous? You, <laughs> solicitous, right? How often do we use that one? That their bodies may be clothed? You should be more solicitous that their souls may not be naked or go without the garments of righteousness? Are you loath to have their bodies laboring under infirmities or deformities? You should be much more loath to have their souls pinning away in their inequities. Man, are your children but the children of swine? If you are regardless of their souls, truly you do call them so. And so that's heavy and it's old English, but he says... Basically, you know, it's not about all their physical needs, that we are diligent or solicitous, the word, whatever, <laughs> towards taking care of their physical needs. 
making sure that they eat, making sure that they're fed uh, properly, dressed properly, making sure that they're safe on their way to school, all of those things that are good that we take care of. But he's saying here that we should be more uh, concerned with their spiritual well-being, more concerned that they're not, you know, naked spiritually. And so in the same sense, the kingdom of Judah here, he set up the garrisons, he set up the troops, but spiritually he made sure that the country was covered and it was covered by the Lord. And so have yourself covered in the Lord, seek him first, put him first. And that's what uh, Jehoshaphat was doing here. And it says here, therefore the Lord in verse five established the kingdom in his hand and all Judah gave presents to Jehoshaphat and he had riches and honor in abundance and his heart took delight in the ways of the Lord. Moreover, he removed the high places and wooden images from Judah. Uh, Verse seven. Also in the third year of his reign, he sent his leaders, uh, Ben-Hel, Obadiah, Zechariah, Nathaniel, and Micaiah to teach in the cities of Judah. And with them, he sent Levites, Shemaiah, uh, Nethaniah, Zebediah, Eshel, uh, Shemeramoth, Jehonathan, thank you, Adonijah, Tobijah, and Tobadonijah, the Levites, and with them uh, Elishama and uh, Jehoram, the priests. So they taught in Judah and had the book of the law of the Lord with them. They went throughout all the cities of Judah and taught the people. And so here we see just Jehoshaphat really covering the country with the blessings of God by now sending forth his leaders to go out into Judah to teach the book of the law. And, uh, you know, there is no greater really thing that a nation can do but to teach its people the word of the Lord. We are living in a time where there's great Bible illiteracy. And, you know, it's terrible because we see the results of it. We see the crime, we see the lawlessness, we see the broken families because our society doesn't know the word of God the way they ought to. But on the other side of that, it's, it's a blessing because those of us who have our Bibles and who study our Bibles can share with the little that we know with the lost that are out there. And it is the word of God that is the only hope for the lost that are out there. And you and I are those who are to take the gospel to them and to take the word out, even as they are doing it here uh, in our scripture. The word of God is the backbone to any society that is healthy. It's the backbone to any family that's healthy as well any marriage, and any church. In uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, 
and as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It's a beautiful verse. It's a famous verse that tells us of the power of the word of God, how powerful it is. By the word of God, God made the heavens and the earth. He framed everything. He made you and he made me through his word. We're told that when Jesus comes to judge the world, that the word of God will come forth like a sword coming out of his mouth. It is the word of God that has changed our life. We're told that faith comes by hearing and that by the word of God. So the word of God is so precious. Turn with me to Hebrews 1 and I'll show you a, a cool verse that speaks to that. Give me an amen once you are there. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. And so here it tells us that Jesus is the creator of all things, that all things were, were uh, made by him. And it says that he's the heir of all things. But it also says that he upholds all things by the word of his power. That everything that was made, everything that is, it's upheld, it's held together by the word of Jesus, by the power of Jesus' word. Everything is held together. It isn't gravity that holds us down. It is the word of God that holds us down, that upholds us, that has you and I securely in God's hands. It's the word of God that he upholds the world. And to the extent that you and I study the word and keep the word is the, is the extent of how our lives are going to be held together. So if we study the word of God daily and we meditate on it and seek to keep it, then our lives will be, are going to be upheld strongly in the Lord. But if we don't, if we skip days or, you know, maybe skip weeks in some cases, in worst cases, skip months. Some people don't read the word. Then their lives are going to be spinning out of control. They say about this book that if it, if it does not, if it's not in shambles, your life is, meaning it, if it doesn't look like it's being used, then your life will, if it doesn't look like it's in shambles, chances are your life is. So we have to study this word. We have to be in it. We have to, uh, Meditate on it daily, and your life, my life, will be held together strongly. And we've tested that, and we've, we've noticed that in our lives. When we're not spending enough time with the Lord, studying and meditation and seeking to keep his word, you can just, the, the house falls apart, right? It's when, you know, nothing works. Nothing seems to work when that happens. And we know that it's the word, it's the lack of the word and the keeping of the word. You know, when it comes to family counseling, when it comes to marriage counseling, 
You know, the, one of the very first things that we ask is, are you reading the Word of God together? Are you reading the Word of God to your children? And if the answer is no, then that's usually the reason why the family is not doing good. We have to get back to the Word because it isn't about the physical things as we talked about earlier. It's about the Spirit and feeding our souls. Satan told Jesus, remember when he tempted him for 40 days, he said, turn this, these stones into bread. And he said, man cannot live by bread alone, but by everything. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweetheels.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We adore.